This is no small part. No small part. No small part. This is no small parts. I am Brittany Brewer. I am. Um, I'm really excited to talk with you. Thank you for agreeing yeah. to talk with me today. <laughs> no, my pleasure. Thanks for asking. Uh, it's uh, it's nice to be asked. This is Jim DeVivo. It's um, I'm really excited to hear about all of the kinds of young playwrights support producing and creating work you've done, but I'm also really excited to hear about how you started your journey and what brought you there, because I met you sort of uh, four years ago, so at a very different point. (laughs) Jim is an artist, educator, and researcher specializing in new plays for and by young people. That's right. Yeah. um, Almost toward the tail end of all of that for me, um, right before the big transition here. So yeah. Yeah, where should I start? How far back should I go? On today's episode of No Small Parts, Jim talks about his evolving identity as a producer and the many ways his producing self and theater educator self collide. Cheers. Yeah, let's let's go back. What was your gateway into theater? Ooh, uh, my gate. Well, my gateway into theater was um, a very long time ago. Uh, I actually was. Uh, well, I, I I often say I was first introduced to theater when I was ten, but it was probably earlier than that. We used to go to you know plays, and I remember seeing a ballet performance of Rudolph when I was very small. So you know, I'd, I'd been to little shows, and I'd been in you know, a chorus would do like you know the Wizard of Oz, where a couple kids would dress up as a character and sing the song, and everyone else was singing the other song. So I, I'd always been involved, um, but it was when I was ten years old, uh, an opera company I think came to our school and performed a couple of short scenes. And um, I remember, I don't know if it happened this way, but when I think of it, like I'm sitting in the middle of the gym and like there's nobody around me, you know, it's this space and it's just like I was, like I was being brought to the light kind of thing. Um, I just, I loved what they were doing and um, was just so taken in by it that I actually went off and um, tried to recreate the script to, to perform it with friends at recess. I had one of those, um, cool. yeah, it was, it was neat. I had my little trapper keeper. I had a, the, the colored, you know, the four color pens. Yes. Black, red, green, and, and blue. And I, so I tried to do each one for a different character, a different type of character, and had the whole thing written. It was very neatly, neatly organized, and then nobody wanted to perform it. So <laughs> that was my first theater experience, first failed theater experience. But then after that, um, I have two uncles. Uh, my mother's on my mother's side. Her family is is very large and, and and spread out. So my mother is the oldest, and then her two youngest brothers are in theater. Uh, so, and I'm actually closer in age to them than uh, my youngest uncle is to my mother. So that's how spread out we are. So they were they were young, probably in their early 20s, um, when they were running a summer stock theater company in uh, Rome, New York. Yeah, which is where my mom was from. So my grandparents were there. And um, they brought me in as a tech apprentice. I, I hung out in the balcony, I, I built sets, I painted stuff, I ran cables, um, I got to run the soundboard. Wait, what, what age was this again? This, I was 11 and 12. Yeah, right? I mean, um, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was interesting. Um, I, I think, you know, they knew I had the interest. Um, I, at the time, I... Um, I have uh, alopecia universalis, which is a complete loss of body hair, so, and it happened to me when I was 10. So um, I also think it was a point in time where it was sort of, how can we find things to lift up a spirit, you know, get me involved in something to kind of help my spirit a little bit too. Um, 
And uh, th I think that helped me fall in love with theater because I got to see all these people, all different kinds of people, um, just getting together, doing their thing, and um, you know, it uh, it was an atmosphere that was that was great, and I just I couldn't get enough of it. And so that's the way back. Um, <laughs> from there, uh, you know, I performed in plays in school. I went to uh, college for theater. Um, at Niagara University, um, and I went into the BFA program for theater performance. For more on the differences between BA and BFA programs in theater, listen to No Small Parts Episode 2 with Hunter Robinson. And um, wound up coming out with actually a, a dual degree in theater performance in English. Um, and while I was there, I started performing in uh, TYA plays. TYA stands for Theater for Young Audiences, which is a category of theater whose intended audience includes children and their families. TYA can take many forms from puppetry and dance to musicals and plays, and often has educational undertones. They had a summer company where we did uh, 75 different fairy tales and repertory. <laughs> wow. When plays are marketed to be performed in repertory, this means that one group of actors will be performing two or more plays within the same period of time. On a production schedule, this might look like alternating different plays each evening, or during two show days, this might look like one play assigned to the afternoon slot and a different play assigned to the evening. Yeah, it was like seven, there were seven of us and a stage manager and bright colored overalls and Chuck Taylors and t-shirts. <laughs> and uh, we performed at the, the um, there was a, a, a art, uh, it was art park in Lewiston, New York. And they did um, an art camp for like kindergarten through fourth grade. And um, every hour we would come out and we'd perform like three stories on the stage for the kindergartners and we would teach a story to them and bring them up on stage to perform it. So I just, I kind of fell in love with the process from there. and. Um, my advisors at Niagara had graduated from the educational theater program at Niagara or at, at NYU, mm -hmm. um, and they've recommended it to me. They said, since you like this so much, this is actually a field you can get into. And um, once I was out of that, uh, eventually I found my way into um, Writers of the Urban Jersey in the education department, which is where I started to uh, produce the young playwrights programs, <sighs> which was probably. I think I landed there in 2002, but it wasn't until like 2007 that we uh, had the festival up and running. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Wow, it's so cool to get to. <laughs> like 10 and 11, you were entering the theater world from a whole different vantage point that most folks yeah. enter theater <laughs> and have this like very well-rounded already like uh, diverse point of view and perspective mm -hmm. and different ways to get involved. Yeah. Did you do your master's at NYU as well? I did, yeah. I was, um, I was there twice. Uh, I went for the master's degree right after undergrad, and then um, at my advisor's suggestion, I took a couple years to really kind of figure out um, what my focus would be if I came back for a PhD. And I actually, for a time, had thought, you know what, I, th I don't think I'm going to go back. And then um, he actually passed away, and I think that's what brought me back into the fold, because um, at NYU they do a new plays for young audiences series in the summer. So I went back I went back for his memorial service, I was a part of that, and then um, memorial performance, actually is what it was. And then um, I uh, got talked into auditioning for the summer plays and then decided, you know what, I think I need to be back here. And you know, it started, uh, and, and by that time too, I'd had the young playwrights experience at the theater, mm -hmm. and that became my focus for the, the PhD the second time through. That's so cool. I think that whole program is so cool, and I could listen to you just talk about that program. It's a, yeah, it's a great place. It's a great place. A lot of a lot of good stuff. Uh, a lot of good opportunities for me too, and 
um, yeah, very thankful for that experience, both times. <laughs> when did you, in your theater journey, learn that producing was a thing? You know, it's funny to think about that question because I don't know that I've ever really thought of myself as a producer. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, it'd be interesting to know how many people um, are aware of it mm -hmm. before they become a producer or, or, um, or aim to become one. Um, even now teaching, you know, middle school and high school students talking about what a producer does is always kind of awkward. Um, I, I think that um, maybe I don't fully understand it even though I do it. Um, yeah. and, and sometimes I think it's, it's hard for the, the students to understand what it is too. But I, I was, um, you know, it was, it was that, that year at uh, Writers Theater um, with the, the Young Playwrights Festival. I always referred to myself as the coordinator. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, in thinking about it, before we were coming on, I was, I was thinking about that. You know, what, I'm really trying to think, like, how do I fit as a producer? And I think that I was. I mean, I was putting it all together. It was, I was hiring the actors, you know, selecting the scripts. I was in charge of everything, and it really was, um, it really was me producing. So I don't, I don't think I've really thought of myself as a producer until, until now. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been doing it for, for a while. That's so interesting and cool. I think you're right. I think it's truly a coin flip of people who, I don't want to say go into it with intention, but like make theater in college and then want to be in theater that isn't happening. So they keep making theater the way they were making student productions or people I feel like like you and like me who get into it from an administrative point as well where you're helping support work exist on stage it is so administrative it definitely is yeah it definitely is but you know you were mentioning about um, college students you know creating work too and I think that that's a really great way to approach it because um, I've always I've been an advocate for that too you know with um, the, the, it, somewhere through the process of doing the New Jersey Young Playwrights Festival, I decided it would be really great to bring in college students to perform. Um, I probably it was maybe out of a need that we had to bring in either younger actors or um, we were losing teaching artists. A teaching artist is a professional artist who works to educate within schools and or communities. For more on teaching artists and artistry, a podcast I enjoy and recommend is Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. It just sort of people were, were rotating out. Um, but even in, in, in working with them and kind of realizing like a lot of them had been creating their own work um, doing their own things and, and I really think that now I try, I try to talk to college students about that too like you need to go out and make your own work you know don't always look for you, go to the auditions do the apprenticeships or however else you, you traditionally would get in but then um, look to yourself and your your friends your network you know everyone you know and you're probably creating things and just go out and do it we can it's, it's one of the great things about uh, well the arts I think I, 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 there's some certain supplies you need for different arts but we're the ones, we're the tools for it. We can go out and create it as we want. So um, I wonder about talking about producing with in college or high school. I wonder how that would go over, if that might help more people do that. That's, I mean, that's a really interesting question. I um, was one of those folks who didn't really realize it was an option in, when I was in college. And I wish I had thought about the fact that I could 
get together with a few friends and make a thing happen, but I was but so I was, convinced yeah. I had to be assigned or earn my space on a production. Um, and on the back end of school, I realized that making theater both can be very personally satisfying, but it's also like the best portfolio you can create for yourself. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, portfolio. So you talk to your middle school and high school students about producing? Yeah, I mean, it'll, um, the, the middle school, the middle school uh, class that I teach is brand new. It's the first year it's ever happened. I'm the first theater teacher that the district has ever had. Um, they've had they've had theater teachers in the past, but there's always someone who taught something else. Um, so on the first one, they're solely for theater. So um, the curriculum is really something where we're uh, just trying to introduce them to the idea. And I have a lot of students in the room who um, are scared to death and uh, perhaps didn't choose the class, um, along with a lot of you know theater kids who are just ready to go from the moment they they come they wake up in the morning you know and get there so you know one of the things to talk about is like what do we you know what how do who are the people to get together and you know what are some of the the things that need to happen for that production that you see on stage um and that really grew out of uh i, I found out early in the first class um because we're, we're on the quarters with this class that um a lot of the kids in the class even if they had been performing didn't know what happened outside of the performance um, so we went on an auditorium tour, but then also we talk about a lot of these people, you know, backstage. A lot of times it just gets boiled down to the producers, the person who has the money, <laughs> you know. Um, that's the simplest way I think uh, people, uh, you know, teenagers can conceptualize it. Um, but then they start to understand too that it's someone who can, who has a hand in everything and kind of organizing. Money and organization are, are mm -hmm. two great tools for a producer to have, um, and it's interesting to see them kind of. You know, think about that. Oh, okay, yeah. And they start to make connections between, oh, yeah, I kind of do that here, or I've seen someone else do that, or, well, can the producer also direct, or can the director also be the producer, or can I choreograph and do that? Can I be an actor and produce? And, you know, yes, yeah, you can do it all. You, know, you, sh you should do it all. I love formation so early. Yes. Um, but I, th I mean, it, it's an interesting point you raise about. Um, the wider context of what goes into making theater, even in terms of teaching artistry. I think mm. I was in I was college, like graduate school, when I realized that teaching artistry was a thing people did as 50% right. or more of their income as a, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a uh, uh, yeah, and you know, that was um, something I don't think I recognized until I was working in the education department of a theater, exactly what that was. I think I knew who teaching artists were. I mean, certainly I'd experienced them um, as a kid, but uh, you know, to know what they were, that was a job that could be done. Um, or how people even balance that. You know, uh, uh, there's, and there's even, was even, I don't know if this still exists, but for a long time there was a conversation about are they teaching artists or artist teachers? And that maybe there's an east, east and west coast uh, way to describe. I don't know. I don't. I don't like to get into definitions like that. But uh, <laughs> I yeah. think there still is a debacle about. Is there? The name. <laughs> it makes sense. Why not? <laughs> Would you talk about your first year supporting administratively, i.e., producing <laughs> the, the, the festival? <laughs> um, sure. Uh, well, the New Jersey Young Playwrights Festival. Um, had been around since the 80s, or I think the mid 80s. 
Um, it was one of the programs along with uh, Philly that was um, begun on the heels of the national competition that with um, the Young Playwrights Inc. and, and the Sondheim and the, was the foundation of the Directors Guild. Young Playwrights Inc. was a nonprofit organization that operated out of New York City with the goal of supporting and growing the work of playwrights aged 18 and under. Young Playwrights Inc. was founded in 1981 by Stephen Sondheim and is no longer in operation. Um, and uh, it was done through, I think, a county office uh, and the teen arts program in the state. So it, it kind of it got moved around as a very big state festival. And then after a while, um, it uh, was handed over to Writers Theatre, because um, by the time Writers Theatre uh, was founded and got going, uh, they were one of the few uh, theaters in the state that was solely doing new works. So it just seemed like a good fit, you know, to have new works by adults, new, new works by children. Um, by the time I got to the theater, uh, the festival portion had been gone for about maybe two or three years, um, maybe a little bit longer. Um, it was probably a funding issue more than anything else. And um, my first year there, because I was the new guy, uh, I was pointed that they pointed to the filing cabinet that had the 658 scripts. Um, some of which still hadn't been mailed back to people, and uh, <laughs> I was given the task of going through and making sure things had all been mailed back. Uh -huh. um, I thought, this is fascinating. You know, why is it just sitting here in a cabinet? Let's, we should see what we could do with this. And um, So that was with the State Festival, at least, but one of the things that uh, Writers Theatre did, it was actually the first production they ever um, presented, was in the town of Madison, New Jersey, uh, that we worked inside each of the elementary schools doing playwriting residencies. And so um, there would be a festival at each school. So we'd have a, a one play or, or um, two, it changed over time, so now I'm getting a little fuzzy. But at, at any rate, we had, we had fourth, fifth, sixth grade year old playwrights. Um, we would need to put some actors together in a festival. Um, and it usually meant trying to figure out how small of a company can we put together and get every, every character um, met. And uh, we'd bring the students in, uh, in the rehearsal process. And it was a stage reading, thankfully, so it wasn't too production heavy. To hear more on the differences between readings and staged readings, listen to No Small Parts, episode four, with Seamus McCarty. Um, but it was a lot, but it was exciting, too. And I, I don't think, um, maybe not knowing enough about it when I started was helpful because I didn't have any hesitations about putting it together. Um, but it was certainly a lot of working, uh, working and moving pieces and um, having that experience in, in town and then having all these other scripts for the state festival, I kept pushing and pushing, let's try and get these two things together. And then finally we were able to partner with, um, with a, a Kane University to uh, hold the festival there. And um, that was great too, because then they had a professional theater company in residence and we could tap into a lot of their network. So it became, um, became more of a co-produced thing at that point. And I, I think a lot of the, maybe the more producer friendly terms and roles fell to them. And I could do a little bit more artistic director kind of stuff with it. The role of an artistic director varies depending on the size and scope of a theater, but primarily includes stewarding the artistic vision and goals for a theater, as well as overseeing all components of a theater's artistic production, particularly the selection of plays and production staff. Um, but it was great. It was, I, I loved the, I loved, I, I'm not really a puzzle person, but I really yeah. love putting um, casts and schedules and all of that kind of front work together. Uh, so I really fell into it 
um, with a lot of love for it. Um, and it was, but it was, it was overwhelming. But at the same time, it was really fulfilling. As you, as you sort of came to the end of your time at the Writers Theater and with the festival, what were what were some of the roles that you were responsible for? You talked about it shifting in terms of. Yeah. Well, the shift was more in how it got produced. Yes, um, yeah. You know, uh, how many plays did we bring together? Things like that. Um, as we started to get closer to the end, um, well, of my time, but then also the the theater company unfortunately no longer exists. Um, but uh, we started to find uh, more ways to have the young playwrights involved in the process. Um, so it became more about um, how can I set something up that uh, we had it was it had a lot more educational preparation to it. Um, so, and, and more scheduling too, like how, how can we get these four uh, high school students who might be doing whatever else they're doing from work to they're graduating or they have an internship or they're in another Young Playwrights Festival in Los Angeles. Um, you know, how do we get them involved in certain places and um, you know, who do we really need to fill these gaps? Uh, so I, you know, I was doing a lot of still the, the casting and pulling the directors together and um, I mean I was I ran the copies I stapled everything together you know little things like that um, even trying to find ways to, to fund it a little bit you know do we charge for tickets do we not charge for tickets can we get a sponsor I started to explore some of those avenues too and um, I also started to step in if I couldn't we couldn't get an actor to fill a role I was the one going in to be the actor I directed at one point in time so we couldn't find a director um, so I found myself, you know, getting. Ironically, the more the more of a producer I became, the more involved I got in the artistic side as well. I find that such an interesting part of. I don't. I don't want to say small level producing, but but yeah. when producers aren't just writing checks, it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. The layers of ways that you could become involved, just to make sure it all still happens. Right. And that's probably why I thought of myself more as a coordinator or an organizer. Um, I think my title in the program changed every year. It just wasn't wasn't quite clear exactly what I was. It truly is producing. It really is, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Were there any, um, or could you tell us about a time that you had interesting challenges? Yeah, um, oh, we... Um, well, one thing that was interesting I always found funny was um, we would often get uh, phone calls from parents, um, which you know could run the gamut, but uh, they were always fun when they were, you know, I just read my child's play, and are you sure you want to perform it? Yeah, what's wrong? Well, I just, you know, um, I'm not sure if exactly what you want, you know, I just saw it, I just helped them type it, I'm not sure if it was what it is. Um, you know, that was from like a mom of a nine-year-old boy who'd written what every nine-year-old boy would write. Um, just kind of this crazy, you know, SpongeBob-esque, you know, comedy, which actually was probably the, one of the funniest plays we've ever worked on. Um, but, you know, I've also had things where, you know, there were, um, we would have a lot of plays that would have issues or language um, that really it wasn't terribly um, difficult but there were schools that were concerned. So for a while too, it was trying to manage, do we, um, do we start to account for that 
in the selection process? Do we need to change the rules to um, you know, inform young playwrights and teachers that like we need to be conscious of this? Um, so that was, that was an interesting challenge. I don't think I ever really found a good solution to. Um, we certainly didn't want to take any artistic um, you know, license away from anybody. Um, and so I'd, we never put any restrictions on it like that. But but um, it, w it was an interesting balance of you know how much how much do we really need to make that decision? How much is that? How much is on the audience to decide whether or not they want to be here? Um, I, and that probably comes with every kind of play, you, you know, whether you're the producer or you know, anyone in administration. You know, trying to figure out some of those those pitfalls. Um, that probably continues to be the biggest challenge today. You know, how is this going to hit, and what do I need to safeguard from and and, and prepare for? This may seem like a silly question. Were you helping with things as little as helping to create programs or distribute like marketing? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. And um, and that has been good because now as a theater teacher, um, you know, which I've been doing for the last three years. I mean, that's I'm doing all of that there. It, 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 if if I don't do it, it doesn't get done. Or if I don't get the the, the students together, you know, get the crew together to, to make all that stuff happen. Um, I'm the one doing it. So I think I'm, I'm a better, I'm a better high school and middle school theater teacher because I've had that um, producing experience without knowing that that's what I was doing at the time. <laughs> that's so cool. If you were talking to your, if, if your students came to you and they had written something and they wanted to mount a reading or a staged reading, of their work, what would be some things you recommend they focus on to make it happen? Um, I think it would need to. Ha they would have to have had read it with um, people, uh, whoever those people are, uh, out loud at least once before we would have we would sit down and try to figure that out. Um, I think that uh, you know new play readings are fascinating because it's totally uncharted territory. Um, you know, there's there's nothing to draw on. I mean, you know what the pitfalls are going to be with a Shakespeare play or a certain musical, or um, you know what people expect or what you know what the difficulties are, what the what the the, the highlights are. With a new play, it's it's totally unknown ground. Um, I think any playwright or any creative team should probably try it out once, because um, you can have the most liberal, free flowing, you know. Um, reading possible, but it's not the place to try something out for the first time. Somewhere along those lines. If, we, if, we, if you've read it out first, get, get some of the kinks out. And then that way we could sit down too and have a deeper conversation. What are the, some of the things you want to get out of the reading? What are we going to look for? Who are the people we could bring in that are going to best help you? Um, or if you feel that it's just something that needs to be out there to entertain an audience, you know, all right, that, that we're going to take that a different direction now. What do you feel like are some of the benefits of, produ of producing readings or staged readings over f full productions? I hate saying this. Um, always, I think we always talk about readings this way, that, that they're sort of, they're not, it's not quite a production. And it, that sounds bad. Um, I think it's exciting because you can, you can do it anywhere. You know, um, I mean, you do. I, you're a big proponent of you can do any theater anywhere. It just takes conceptualizing it. But I think with the reading in particular, um, you, you know, you could do it anywhere. Not not too much is expected as well. So maybe there's a little more freedom with it. 
Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's where I'd be with that. I, I mean, I love that too. I think it's a great, I think it's a great gateway. It's like a, accessible is the wrong word, um, but it's a great place to start and grow and figure out what you want from a project. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great tool for actors too. Um, you know, it's, uh, I was actually just talking to a, a friend of mine who, um, he worked with us when he was in college with one of our actors in the, the New Jersey Young Playwrights Festival and um, we were talking about he's done everything from that he went on to do a, uh, do a lot of classical work he does a lot of Shakespeare and Commedia work and I was saying you know it takes a lot of uh, I think we, we think about taking a lot of different muscles to do the two things or not real muscle I don't know what I'm saying but um, no, yeah. you know what I mean it, it's two different styles um, but I think to really be able to do um, any kind of acting work it's good to have experience in both of those things. We often we focus so much on the classical stuff. There's such a heavy emphasis on Shakespeare and the musical and you know straight plays. In No Small Parts, Episode One with Ange Bay, we briefly discussed the term straight theater. Heavy drama and um, you know maybe some of those comedies from the golden age. Um, but but on the opposite side, it's the, it's the new work or the the smaller things. Um, they're different needs, and if if you can have a toe in both places. Um, he was telling me too, he felt like you know, having new play experience helped him as a classical actor and, and vice versa, so. I believe that totally. How do you split your time now? Are you still producing? Um, I mean, as far as producing the musical at the high school, yes, um, currently. Uh, like I said, it's my first year at the school. Um, it's uh, it's interesting too because the schools are combined. The middle school and high school are all in one building. Um, I'm housed at the middle school. That's where I spend most of my time. I did have one acting class at the high school because they're trying to build up those that program now. Um, and I d directed the musical, so I'm sort of in there, kind of you know figuring that stuff out. Um, you know, trying to make the the class productions happen has been an interesting producing role. Um, I, I'm looking, you know, with, uh, now that I'm home and, uh, you know, we have access to all these different materials and, you know, I, I think it's almost easier in some ways since we all have some sort of access to a camera. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of this uh, Zoom theater happening that, you know, maybe that's a way. I think it really lends itself well to a lot of new play readings. And I know I've had a lot of friends doing um, readings recently. So I'm hoping to maybe build something over the summer when I have a little more time on my plate. Um, but but really now it's just it's mostly doing the work you know, through the school. If it's related to the school, that's that's where I'm involved. Otherwise, maybe it's a side project. And I read um, I, this may not still be true. You teach at NYU still occasionally as well as do some work for the Provincetown Playhouse. Yes. Yeah. Um, I am uh, an I'm on the adjunct faculty, uh, so in the fall semesters I teach the uh, the theater for young audiences class, and um, yeah, the summers the new place for young audience series. Um, I'm on the artistic uh, staff there. Um, it's me and uh, the producer, the artistic director, and another, one of the other um, PhD graduates uh, is still there too. We we read the we select the scripts uh, for performance. So, and then the the playhouse has staff that helps to mount the scripts. 
Yeah, it, it mostly will come out of the, um, the student body in the educational <laughs> theater program. Um, a couple of us will direct every now and then. Like I was just saying before, you know, I'll step in if we need the role, uh, need someone to fill a role. Um, so I directed a couple years ago, you know, um, we'll bring in guest artists as well. Um, you know, the playwrights come from all over the world. So sometimes they have a, a group of people they want to bring over to. Um, but the idea there is really it's, it's the first chance for them to um, get the play on its feet. Uh, you know, but, but as I was saying before, I would tell a, a group of uh, students who wanted to produce a new play, have it read before. There's, there's so much reading that goes on um, in that process beforehand. Uh, I've really learned a lot about the new play development process. Um, not only from working in a new play development the uh, theater company, but um, but really from being immersed in that summer program. It's so interesting. I only ask because I feel like I keep hearing all these like bits and parts of producing in so many different places. Yeah, right. That's true. That's true. And mostly for my curiosity, what did your time at NYU look like? What were some of the projects? you were working on, though I know a little bit about. Yeah, um, well the first time through, uh, the big project I had uh, was, um, I had actually done a study abroad semester in Ireland. Uh, we worked with the Graffiti Theater Company, which was a youth theater company where they devised a lot of their, their work. So they had a company of like 25 youth and um, you know any given number of them would be there at a time and they, they'd, create something based on an issue or um, a location. I remember we went to uh, an old uh, jail house uh, that was on the, in the top of the hill in the city and uh, they had put on performances in the old cells. So it's just fascinating, like the site-specific kind of devised theater. For more on site-specific theater, listen to No Small Parts, episode six with Brendan Dahl. So um, my second year there in the master's program, um, I worked with a couple of other graduate assistants to put together a devised piece about the history of Greenwich Village. Um, so we had like these three different through lines uh, with the, the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory and um, the Beatniks and then like a class in whatever year it was, 2000, it was in 2000. And they all kind of converge. Um, so that was, that was an interesting project. And then- Wait, um, pause. Yeah, sorry. You all produced a show together. We produced a show together, look at that, without <laughs> even knowing about it, right? <laughs> We did. We did. We did have a faculty member though who was the producer, the official producer. So, but you're right. We did. We did produce the. the but my guess is that you either had to find the space or you had to have conversations to secure the space in like a space trade with scheduling, and you had to do your own marketing, and help select the team that worked on this and artistically design it and clean it up at the end of the day. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you got me. See, producing, <laughs> producing even then. <laughs> but you're right. Like you had said before, they're just these bits and pieces. It's um, I it's, it just goes back to that thing of like where it's it's hard to really talk about. You know, this is what a producer does. It's so much of, of everything. Um, yeah, and that, you know, that's probably um, probably the first project where I really um, was involved in a role like that. You know, to, to do a lot of that frontline work. Um, and I don't know, you know, you asked about it, it, at NYU specifically, but even the second time through um, with the PhD, I don't know that I, I really did any projects that were that um, intense, uh, as far creatively. I mean, there, there were uh, certainly, it was a PhD program, it was certainly intense in many other ways. Um, 
but uh, yeah, but not not an artistic project like that. We did at one time bring in a couple of the um, young playwrights from New Jersey to do a couple of readings. Um, I think around a, a conference, but um, I, I was only involved in just getting them there. You know, like bringing the playwrights over, kind of getting them set up. It's more of a, maybe a, an associate producer role, if, if anything. But <laughs> <laughs> so much of it is logistics. I feel like I remember when that was happening. I, I don't know if it was your Twitter or just something I was following on social media, but I feel like I remember when Playwrights were brought for the conference. Could be, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it all blends together after a while. <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't mean to completely interrupt. <laughs> no, no, that's all right. I was just trying to think of. Um, sorry, just leaving for my water here. Um, just trying to think of what else is out there. I mean, I'm sure there have been other things the projects have done. It's it's funny though, because now as I'm thinking of it, um, you know, going back to that first story I told you about third grade. I mean, I was I was producing even then. You know, eight year old producer. Um, you know, which is uh, I think one of the things I love about working in the theater anyway it's you know, we do it so naturally you know as kids and I know you spoke a little bit about this already but would you speak a little bit more about how um, getting involved in mounting projects like these artistic projects or producing um, how that's um, affected you and benefited the other ways you engage with art and education yeah um well, I, th I talked a little bit about it as a teacher. You know, yeah. it's, um, it, it's sort of the teacher's role, and I think any teachers who you know are, are listening would would really quickly connect with that and know that yeah, I mean, I'm doing everything. I'm definitely the producer and director, everything. Um, I think just kind of generally, you know, having a lot of those insights really just helps me have a clearer picture about what the what the play is going to be. Um, Certainly, as a, a writer, um, you know, I haven't written as many plays as, as I'd like to. But um, you know, when I get down to that moment of, of trying to create something um, as a writer, as a director, I've got the sense of what's happening, not just on the stage, but you know, what 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 do I need to do as far as um, you know, getting the, the technical aspect involved, what's going on in the house, who do I have out there to manage these things. One thing that um, you know, in thinking about that. I don't, um, we, were, uh, we were set to produce Into the Woods at the high school. We actually got to the day of opening night when we got the phone call that we were gonna have to postpone. So, yeah, um, and then we were gone. The next day we were there for half a day and then we were gone. So we're still trying to keep it alive. You know, district's been very supportive about that, which has been great. Um, and hopefully we can get it in before seniors leave. But one of the things about it that I was most excited about, and I think the, the, the students were really excited about, was um, we had set up the auditorium to look like uh, the audience was coming into the woods. So we had some you know, lighting gobos set up on the side, and um, uh, the, the senior lighting designer was able to figure out a way to kind of throw some lights onto the ceiling so it looked like a sky with a spotlight for the moon and um, you know, crickets chirping and things. And, um, but you know, thinking about like we, the first question I had was, do we have, do we have the ability and do we have the people to make that happen? And also thinking about it's going to be, you know, the house is going to be dimmer than uh, it would normally be if all the house lights were on. Um, do we have enough ushers to help people manage the fact that it's dark, will you know, flashlights work? And I would not have thought about that if I've, I've never had to be in a position 
um, on the outside, you know, where I've been been a part of that as a as a producer. Um, you know, to think about the house and and how it all how it all integrates. So, um, and it was a really cool it was a really cool effect. So even just artistically too to you know to have that moment. And I was really looking forward to um, how the audience was going to react to it, um, so that students too could see that because they were so impacted by it. To then have the audience be impacted by it too would have been would have been pretty neat. Those are the questions though, and all of that creative problem solving. Um, and being prepared to think about and answer and solve some of those issues as they come up. So you dabbled in tech apprentice world when you were really young. Is that something you returned to? Uh, yeah, when I when I have to, um, and that's not that's not out of, out of a lack of love for it, yeah. um, just more out of a necessity. Um, I uh, you know I enjoy directing probably the most and producing apparently. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I'll, uh, I'll always kind of sketch out a little scene design um, when I'm directing something. Uh, the first high school I was working at before this year, um, I was the lighting designer too. So, you know, I always, I always end up coming back to that somehow, uh, which is great. I love it. Did you take classes in like, like hanging lights, like uh, running crew or something in school or how did you? Okay. Yeah, I did. Is, um, is uh, in college. Um, one of the one of the great things about Niagara, and I'm gonna I'm gonna plug it now, uh, yeah. and I, I think it's 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 well worthy of it. Um, it was a BFA program uh, hidden inside of a liberal arts college. So um, we took on our schedule. It had five classes, but we took nine. So my performance class was you know we were doing acting, some kind of dance class, a voice class, and then um, some other kind of like mime class or combat. And then we also took every year some kind of tech class. So we had, um, I think I took a sound design course. Um, I don't think I was in stage management, but you know, we had all those classes, sound design, stage management, costume design and construction. Um, and we were required to do um, one, maybe even two crew assignments per year. So yeah, and I, you know, I, I, because I had the background with, um, with lighting, um, I, I was on the light, light uh, hang and focus crew in college, uh, did a little bit of assistant stage managing work, things like that. So That's cool. I yeah, and th just coming to that idea of um, being able to have a sense globally, like a producer would need to do, you know, what's, what's going on all around, where are these little things here and there, I, it, it's, it's important to have that background. So you've supported lights when you've had to since then. Have you had to offer support in any other ways, in sound or... Otherwise, well, uh, set construction, yes. Um, I uh, we produced uh, Little Women a couple years ago, um, the straight play, not the not the musical, so it was a little less intense. But um, it was myself and then uh, the math teacher who was volunteering to help me. He came, we went in on a uh, like a two day, or three day weekend, and we built the March House, you know, on on stage. So coupled with, with student help, but um, you know we were the main uh, designers and builders, and so yeah, yeah. And I was trying, I was trying to get in so, to help some somehow if I can. This is it. If you ever wanted to just mount theater outside of education too, you're already doing it. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. That's what my wife keeps saying. She's like, we need to do something. We need to do something. So yeah. That is so great. Uh, do you have any last thoughts or advice you would offer to 
young folks looking to create or produce a reading for the first time? I, just do it, you know. Um, I think uh, I think there's a lot of I'm going to call it fear. I, I don't know if that's always what it is, but I see that with um, with youth, but with adults. Um, maybe it's they're uncertain, they're unsure, they're afraid, they're uncomfortable. I, I don't know what it is. I, mean, I feel it myself sometimes. Um, but lean into that and just do it. You know, uh, it's if you feel the urge to create something, um, follow the urge and put it out there. You know, you're, you're feeling that for some reason, and there's a reason. Uh, my grandmother always said there's a reason for everything, and and she's correct. She's always been correct, um, and I just I think that that's probably the best advice to follow. Just you know, follow that instinct, put it out there. Don't worry about, I don't have this, I don't have that. Just just make it happen. Make it happen. Thank you so much for talking with me, Jim. Well, it's my pleasure, Brittany. Thank you for asking. Oh, my gosh. I admire from afar the work that you all were doing in Jersey and separate from producing or creating theater, everything you were doing in terms of like the Young Playwrights map and now the guide. It's really awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah, I should. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, the Young, young Playwrights Guide, yeah. Um, yeah, and that was my own, that was actually, there you go. That's the big project I had um, yeah. the, through the PhD was um, in the middle of writing the dissertation, I decided, hey, you know what? I need, I, I feel like I need to understand what's going on out there. Let me create this resource of all of the Young Playwrights programs in the world and uh, put them on a Google map. So there's that too. Um, I don't know how what good it's doing, but, but thank you for mentioning it. That's, that's, that's very nice of you. I love it. That was Jim DeVivo. I am Brittany Brewer. This is No Small Parts. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. Word of mouth is our best form of advertising. You can find No Small Parts on Facebook, No Small Parts Podcast, Instagram, at No Small Parts Podcast, Twitter, at No Small Parts Pod. For more No Small Parts, visit our website at www.nosmallpartspodcast.com.